WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Good evening. This is Mike. It's Pandora's Lunchbox. Hope you enjoyed that uh, scratchy CD there. That uh, Sometimes CDs come with scratchiness inherent in them, and that's a beautiful thing. But I think from now on it's going to be all right. I could try to do the sound myself to make the whole show more consistent, but I think I'll just deny that it ever happened in the most obvious way possible. So I've just come back, and I just want to say thank you to Marvin for doing my show last week, and thank you for listening to Pandora's Lunchbox. I'm back from an underrated part of the country, I would say, that includes western Nebraska, eastern Iowa, and the little tiny southeast tip of South Dakota. Well, it's not really tiny. It's it, On a map, it's really tiny, but in real life, you can't really drive as fast as you would over a little tiny tip on a map. But I did eat food during this time, and I thought it's important that I let you know that, that I have not starved, and I want to share some of that with you in just a moment. News of fish, news of buffalo bars, and other things, in fact. In the meantime, oh, and uh, hand-painted signs, you know, things like that. Things of the past that are still in the present, you know. So, first of all, let's listen to some Brian Wilson and Van Dyke Parks. This is an album they put out in 1995, this is the title track, Orange Crate Art. Rendezvous 
That's Brian Wilson and Van Dyke Parks and Orange Crate Art. And this is Pandora's Lunchbox, and Orange Crate Art goes on crates that contain oranges, hence the food reference. And I was in Omaha, Nebraska last week with my folks and my younger brother, and they've got some cool restaurants there. As I said, underrated. Some people think it's flyover country, but then again, some people think Ann Arbor is flyover country and that we all drive around Main Street on tractors. But what do you know? So... Some of my favorite restaurants in Omaha include the Persian and the Indian restaurant right back-to-back in the Old Market. But see, if you go down a 24th Street to South Omaha through some of the many wonderful places where the signs are in Spanish and you keep going just a little farther, a little farther, what direction is that? Let's see, west, east, I think it's south, yes. You will find a place called Joe Tess Place where they have a certain kind of fish that other people fear, perhaps, but they shouldn't. And they serve it in a way that has made many people very, very happy. In fact, I spoke to them about this certain thing. Hi there. I'm here at Joe Tess's, Joe Tess Place in Omaha. What's your name? Rhonda Seffron. And you're bartending today, this particular Wednesday. But what's your normal uh, job here? Uh, marketing director. So tell me about Joe Tess Place. Um, it's been around for over 75 years, and our specialty is carp. Um, we deep fry it, and um, we serve it on a piece of rye bread with pickles. A carp is a little bit of a different animal than some other kinds of fish. Could you talk a little bit about that? Well, a lot of people think that it's um, like a bottom feeder or it's kind of a, a dirty fish, but here um, it's taken a long time, but they've learned how to clean it just right and cut it just right, so you get very little bones, and it doesn't taste, you know, have a real bad taste. It's actually very popular, so... It's got a very, it's very tender too, and it has almost a touch of a catfish-ish taste to me, you think? Correct. We have a lot of people that will mistaken um, a rib dinner for a catfish dinner. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. And uh, there's still a little bit of work to do when you're eating a carp dinner, but it is, I think it's rewarding. But it's probably a bit of a challenge to, uh, to clean the fish. Um, We actually have a guy that has been with us for probably 40 years. Um, He learned from Joe Tess himself how to score them and clean them and, you know, do it. And he can can clean fish pretty quick. So it's, you know, it's also a specialty to learn how to do that. (laughs) And there's another word I saw on the menu, Seine, S-E-I-N-E. What is that? Uh, It's Seining. Um, that's how we get our fish. We actually go to like Minnesota and South Dakota and some of the northern states and we seine their lakes and then we bring the fish back here and we hold them in lakes that we have here. So you serve pickled carp I hear? We actually make carp a lot of different ways. We have sausage link carps which if um, when you actually eat it it tastes like a summer sausage but it has a fishy taste when you're finished. We also have a smoked carp that we do which is just wonderful um, and then we have the pickled carp. So tell me about this Dorothy Lynch dressing. I haven't seen this in Michigan. What's that all about? <laughs> no, actually, they just make it here in Nebraska. Um, and we uh, actually have customers that will come in and actually take it back to Florida or Washington, D.C. Um, it's kind of like a French taste, uh, but it has a little bit more of a spice, a little bit more spices to it. It's really good. Do you know who Dorothy Lynch was, is? Nope, sure don't. <laughs> but you probably like dressing. Definitely. Yep. And you, what, what do you think of working here? Um, the guys themselves are great to work with. It's a very family-oriented business. Um, it's dad and three boys that have ran it for many years now. And uh, they make you feel, you know, at home. And, you know, everybody's always very happy to be here. Um, when you walk into the restaurant, you get a feeling of the old, you know, the old times back in the 50s and 60s because they have so much of the decor 
but it's still nice and modern and you get that pleasant atmosphere here. And also you have, it looks like you have a little shop at the other end of the building. Mm-hmm. That's our live fish market. Um, we have live catfish and carp that you can go over and you can pick which one you want and he'll actually clean them and score them right there for you. And you have all kinds of you don't just have carp here, you have lots of other kinds of food too. Oh, definitely. We have a great fried chicken, we have a walleye. Um, you can get most of our fish also grilled. So we have the walleye, the salmon, um, filleted catfish, so that they, it can all be grilled for you. So for the health conscious person that doesn't want the fried, we have a, a great grilled item too. And the batter is a mixture of flour and cornmeal and some other things, and you sell that too, right? Correct. We uh, have a lot of other restaurants that will come and buy it by bulk and take it back to their restaurants. We use it on chicken, fish. Um, I use it myself at home for our onion rings. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And anything else you'd like to say? Um, no, I think you've covered them all. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Yes, no problem. Nice to meet you. And thank you for stopping by with me to Joe Tess Place in Omaha. Joe Tess Place started out in, 19, in the 1930s as a neighborhood tavern, and they would cut carp portions, fry them in a skillet, place them in a cookie jar, and sell them for 15 cents. Well, now they're much bigger and in a sandwich. And as I was mentioning, the carp it is, maybe is a bit of a challenge to cut and to cook and to do what you need to do with, but it is a rewarding challenge nonetheless. And I was very curious about this sane. That, I want to read a little bit more about this whole process of saning the fish, as they did in South Dakota and uh, Minnesota, and bring it down to Omaha. So looking up in Merriam-Webster, sane uh, comes from the Middle English, which comes from the Old English, which comes from the Latin, which comes from the Greek. Sagini, perhaps, is pronounced in the, in the original Greek, where they must have been doing it then. It's a large net with sinkers on one edge and floats on the other and it hangs vertically in the water. It's used to enclose and catch fish when its ends are pulled together or they're drawn ashore. So that's how you do that. That's how you sane, and that's how you get carp and other such fish. And about that Dorothy Lynch dressing, something I've never heard of that's a commercial product and is only in certain parts of the country, I I have to say I'm kind of intrigued. There was a, a server there who mentioned that she had friends in Michigan, and they would bring over Verner's to Nebraska, and they would pick up some Dorothy Lynch dressing and bring it back to Michigan. Well, now you can get Verner's in Nebraska, but it's hard to find Dorothy Lynch anywhere out in, in the eastern part of the country. Not fair. Well, there was, in fact, a Dorothy Lynch. In the 40s, she and her husband ran a restaurant at the local Legion Club in St. Paul, Nebraska, and she made her own Dorothy Lynch home-style dressing. And now this company called Tasty Toppings runs it. They took it over in 1964, bought the recipe, and their current production facility is in Duncan, Nebraska, where every bottle of Dorothy Lynch home style is produced today. They now have ones to apply to certain nutrition and health issues. They've got a fat-free dressing. It's available in 26 Midwestern and Western states. And there you go. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, taking you on a, tr- on a culinary trip through Nebraska, a little bit of Iowa, and some South Dakota, too, today. That's where I went last week, and I want to share my leftover food with you because it's just that good. Sometimes leftover food is the best food. And this place, Joe Test Place, does well. Many people who fish do well. But then there's the replacements, and this is a song about a certain, I'd say, ne'er-do-well.
Is he a ne'er-do-well? You decide. Punch in your votes. That is, all he wants to do is fish. That is, the replacements. And this is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food. And here's some fish news for you uh, from Stockholm, Sweden. A maritime expert says a 12-foot giant oar fish, the world's largest bony fish, has been found in Swedish waters for the first time in 130 years. Also known as the king of herrings... Isn't that a song by the police, I think? The dead fish was picked up by a West Coast resident who found it floating near the shore over the weekend. It was handed over to the House of the Sea Aquarium in the town of Lisekil, where expert Robert Jansen says it's being kept pending a decision on what the heck to do with it. Johansson says the giant oar fish can grow up to 36 feet, It's believed to live in deep waters. He says the last recorded discovery in Sweden was in 1879. So from Sweden back to Omaha and in here in the studios of WCBN, other things I discovered in Omaha, a wonderful new gallery called Polyester with a great display of black and white photos of punk folk from, not folk punk, but punk folk peeps, you know, from the Ramones to Debbie Harry to... More Ramones to the Sex Pistols to more Ramones, Iggy Pop, Patti Smith, and even more Ramones. Lots of great photos in there. And a collection of unique, new, imported art, photography, popular culture stuff. I got a book on art from Chinese firework packages there, plus certain grown-up type texts, if you know what I'm saying. All at this place called Polyester. And what was my musical soundtrack driving around Omaha? It went a little something like this.
We drive. Yes, I drove from Omaha through western Iowa up into southeastern South Dakota, where they have a town called Vermilion, where the University of South Dakota is, where they have the National Music Museum, which has about 13,000 musical instruments in its collection. We'll talk about that in just a moment. I did find some food-oriented musical instruments. Thank God. I thought you should know, and I know you're quite relieved. But also, sad to find my favorite place there called the Coffee Shop Gallery, which could make a mean hummus sandwich. It is fading away. The owner is starting to step back from that and do other things with her life. And in fact, uh, while I was there, she put a note on the table saying that she would have to leave for an hour because her son had a presentation she had to go to. So she's taking time to do more stuff in her life, less stuff for hummus and stuff. But they did. she did make a mean pea soup for me, so there you go. Meanwhile, up the street is a place called the Silk Road Cafe, which actually turned out to be a new kind of mecca for me. And in fact, I just decided to have a seat there just sit down and uh, look around the place, take in the music, and see if I could maybe talk to the owner. And I was happy to find here in the Silk Road Cafe, here we are in Vermilion, South Dakota, that they have some food that Ann Arborites might be very familiar with. Let me talk to the owner here. Let me see if I can grab him just a moment here. Let's just wait a second. Hi, can you uh, tell me your name? Skitch Donald, run Silk Road Cafe in Vermilion, South Dakota. And can you tell me about your restaurant? Well, it's a concoction of Vietnamese, Thai, Malaysian, Japanese, Korean, and Chinese food. So how did you become interested in so many different world cuisines and then inspired to open a restaurant? Well, in the service, I've been overseas, Korea a couple times. My wife's Korean, and she's an excellent cook. And we've had four restaurants in this town, and we had an Italian restaurant for five years that we just sold. I guess your restaurant opened this year, correct? September 1st, uh, 2009, yep. What do you think this brings to Vermilion? It looks like it brings a lot of different things. Well, yeah, it brings a whole different variety of foods. Uh, it's a historically preserved building. Uh, that ceiling, you can't see it, of course, on that, but the ceiling is 1923. And there's two uh, two-bedroom apartments upstairs, and then this one here with high ceilings. So you, were you just talking to somebody about an apartment? Is that correct? I was clearing a uh, one of my tenants out of the apartment. Yeah. <laughs> and what are some of your favorite dishes that you have? Uh, most of the Korean ones. We have some traditional Korean dishes like bibimbap, which comes in a granite. A uh, stone bowl with six different vegetables, sticky rice with beef or tofu, with a fried over easy egg on top with some hot sauce. It's pretty traditional. But uh, mostly the Korean food, and I like the curries for the Thai food. And a lot of different spicy spices, too, that you use. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of different chili pastes and uh, 
crushed red pepper, different summer vinegary, some are just spicy, but yeah, we have about seven or eight different kinds of spices. And I noticed four different kinds of sakes. Yeah, um, they're kind of going out like beers did, you know. Uh, still the traditional ones, the favorite, the Gekikan black and gold is the smoothest one. That's a top of the line one. That's a nice sake. Pretty reasonable price-wise. You have some other thoughts about your restaurant and running the restaurant? No, I've been in restaurant business almost 20 years. Um, eventually going to turn it over to my son who's cooking here. And uh, I've got another son too. He's a server right now, but he's not really interested in the restaurant business. So we'll kind of turn it over. It's a family-run business. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. That's a moment in the Silk Road Cafe in Vermilion, South Dakota, where the bibimbap, in fact, is available and at a, a very nice Thai dish. And Arwolf is here getting ready to face the music. Can I hear you? <coughs> Hi. Yes, that's you. So, uh, hello. What, so what happened when I talked about the bibimbap? You had a free association moment, which I felt we had to share. Well, um, thanks. Actually, you, you said uh, bibimbap in South Dakota, and I, I uh, immediately said they know how to fry an egg. Uh, yes. And then I was remembering when I actually went through there as a kid, uh, when I was about seven or eight years old, my, my dad decided to drag us all to Bozeman, Montana for about a year oh. before coming back east. Uh, very very strange tale I'll elaborate on at some future <laughs> point. But the uh, uh, when we stopped in the Dakotas, there was a lot of hot uh, sulfur springs there. Oh. And, uh, uh, right? I mean, don't they have... Big cracks in the ground with sulfur bubbling up. You know, I haven't only been to the the southeastern tip. Oh, I've only been to the tip of the iceberg. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's in North Dakota, but I thought it was in South Dakota. And it's you really know you're heading for Montana when you uh, when there's cracks in the ground and sulfur bubbling up. But all I heard all around me, everybody saying, uh, uh, was that the the hot spring smelled like rotten eggs. Oh my! So uh, eggs and Dakotas. Uh, you know, it's like peanut butter and jelly, sort of. So that was the free association, and it was just a horrible quip that just came out of me. But Mike is like uh, a, a lot like I am in that he believes in the sanctity of every uh, given moment. And so uh, that moment somehow has been recreated and gone over the air on Mike's show. Thank you. Thank you for that. And watch, of... out, uh, watch out for the sulfur springs. They're hot. Look out. Look out. Now, this actually here is some nice cool water that I heard. And I'm sharing this with you. This is on the Missouri River. Note the professionally crumply, crumply microphone. Um, it's hard to get a place on the Missouri River that's not uh, a fairly public place and that doesn't have some development nearby and that also uh, uh, isn't owned by a utility. But in South Dakota, just outside of Vermilion, near the winery, you know, where I, where I stayed at the bed and breakfast, where they had where they had uh, free internet access and a bidet, which is pretty much everything you, you could ever need, uh, they had this lovely park where you could sit on the Missouri and actually listen to it. It's really, it's a, a very nice experience. Thank you so much for including this. It's, uh, it's so cool. Yeah. It's, it's just beautiful. Thank you. Very refreshing. Thanks, Mike. You're welcome. From music to another kind of music. Well, I went to the National Music Museum, as I said, and as I promised, 
They do have musical instruments that are related to food in some way that satisfies my mind in a way that I can't explain. One of the instruments they had was, in fact, a barrel cello. A fellow who was a deputy sheriff in one of the counties in South Dakota in the mid-20th century built a barrel cello for himself, and it's on display at the National Music Museum. I mean, okay, this is a museum that has a permanent exhibition called The Genius of North Italian Stringed Instrument Making, 1540 to 1793, featuring Stradivarius and Guarneris and other great instruments. And from there, everything from that to, well, yes, a barrel cello. There's a great picture in the museum of the fellow playing his babble, the fellow playing a barrel cello. That's right, at the museum. And also, wouldn't you know, the best news of all is that they have a harmonica shaped like a banana. This was made in Germany in 1925, a harmonica shaped like a banana. This is a place that has more than 70 harmonicas on display, and I just can't imagine if they have one of those huge, huge storage facilities, much like Raiders of the Lost Ark, where there are billions of harmonicas uh, hopping around like carp, waiting to be saned, trying to get out, trying to stay sane. And what I'm trying to say is, it's hard to say what I'm trying to say, but that's where it is. I discovered all of these things in Nebraska, Nebraska, Iowa, and South Dakota, and I just wanted to share that with you. Thank you for coming along on the trip with me, and I just want to do this one more time. Okay, this, wait, let me get, right, here we go. One more time, from the top. Yes, 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 yes. Had some wonderful pastries in South Omaha, where many of the signs are in Spanish. And all is good. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. Thank you for listening. I've been Mike for a while, and coming up at 7, our wolf will be our wolf from at least 7 to 8. And we're going to go out with, speaking of speaking of harmonicas shaped like bananas and bananas shaped like harmonicas, which they really should try to genetically engineer in sometime in the near future. This is a song by... Bo Carter. This is a song that we've carefully calibrated and tested for double entendres and did not find any. This is Bo Carter, and this tune goes by the name of Banana in Your Fruit Basket. Enjoy your desserts. Good night, and see you next week, and stay here right now. I've got a brand new lid. All I need is a woman. Says to burn my bread. Then I'm telling you, baby, I sure ain't gonna die. Let me put my banana in your fruit basket. Then I'll be satisfied. Now I got the white gold. My baby got the tub. We gonna put them together, gonna rub, rub, rub. Then I'm telling you, baby, I sure ain't got a knife. Let me put my banana in your fruit basket, then I'll be satisfied. Mmm, go let my banana spoil now. Mmm. 
Let my banana score now. I can see the way you can on. You don't want my banana, no. Now I got the dash up. My baby got the churn. We gonna churn, churn, churn until the butter comes. Then I'm telling you, baby, I sure ain't gonna not. Let me put my banana in your fruit basket, and I'll be satisfied. Now my baby's got the clothes, and I've got the needle. We're gonna stick, 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 till we both will feel it. Then I'm telling you, baby, I sure ain't gonna not. Let me put my banana in your fruit basket, and I'll be satisfied. Let my banana right now. Don't let my banana right now. I can see the way you can on. You don't want my banana, no. Now my baby got the meat and I got the knife. I'm gonna do her cutting. This balance of my life, and I'm telling you, baby, sure ain't gonna not. Let me put my banana in your fruit basket, and I'll be satisfied. Gee, thanks, Mike. That was great. It's uh, around 7 o'clock now. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 inches long. Um, Speaking of phallic things, we've got um, Javier Cugat and his orchestra. This is a 1935 recording about a... uh, I just had to find something phallic to put on after that, Mike. Uh, This this song is called Cigarette. (laughs) um, You don't have to have a cigarette, but this might help. 